What's up, heretics? Welcome to the Religion of Speed podcast, the show for budget-minded automotive enthusiasts by budget-minded automotive enthusiasts. I am Matt Overstreet. And I am Chris Huffman. And I have the intro on my phone now because I keep messing it up. Hey, now we're standardized. <laughs> right, exactly. Gotta, gotta keep it constant. Yeah. Oh, man, Chris, like, I feel like... I don't know if it's just like I'm going out there like looking for more news and looking for more things like that it would appeal to well our audience and stuff like that or if there's just a lot more stuff building up to the next season but there's a lot of crazy stuff going on right there's now. There's a lot of good news, right? And you know, we we've covered a lot of bad news on this podcast. It's awesome to be able to do a good news podcast. Right? Some would call us Debbie Downers sometimes, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we've gone on some rants for sure. For sure. Uh, but I want to talk about something starting off right now that I'm just insanely excited for. That's the 100th running to the Pikes Peak International Hill Climb. I cannot wait for this, man. This is going to be really exciting and I mean this news story Rod Millen coming back to drive. I mean, he's a legend on Pikes Peak. Right? Yeah. Rod Millen, as for you youngins out there, you know Reese Millen. Rod Millen is his dad, and he has been conquering Pikes Peak since, well, before either of us were born. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember, you know, there was a, a rec- one of Rod Millen's records stood for so long when it finally got broken, Reese had to go back and get it. Oh, really? Yeah, he didn't that's hold am- it for very long. Yeah, but, <laughs> but that's amazing. Yeah, that's so cool. He got his dad's record back, and now his dad's coming back. Right. Hopefully to, to set his own record or, or maybe beat one of his old ones. Well, we'll see. Uh, Rod is actually bringing back the Toyota Tacoma Pikes Peak Special, which, uh, of course, as always, you can follow the links on our website, religionspeed.com, to all these articles so you can you know see these pictures along with us or just look at them later. Uh, the Tacoma Pikes Peak Special looks so little like a Tacoma. <laughs> yeah, when you showed me this picture, I'm like, wait, that's a Tacoma? Yeah, totally. Yeah. It, it says at, Tacoma on it. Look at the headlights, bro. Yeah. Those are square. <laughs> the, those stickers are square. Yeah. Um, but regardless, this car is just... I remember getting this car as a Hot Wheels as a kid, and I still have it at my parents' place somewhere. Uh, so I need... I. You know what? I need to find that. Yeah, see if they can mail it back to you. Yeah. How awesome would it be if you could get Rod or even somebody on his team to sign this? Right, exactly. At least sign a card for it or something like that. Put yeah, no, that that, that definitely needs to happen. Awesome. Um, yeah, no, but the thing is too though, I don't know if Rod has ever run Pikes Peak when it's been paved. Yeah, all these pictures are him on the dirt. Yeah, I think he's only run it in the dirt. So this this has the potential to be his fastest time ever. Yeah, for sure. Like even with the, the same exact setup. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, yeah, I, I can't wait to hear this car and see this car. Like, we were talking before about where we want to be. Uh, if we want to be at, like, the halfway, the, the campgrounds or in the pits again yeah. this year. I'm kind of aiming for pits again, honestly. I really enjoyed being in the pits. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in addition to seeing all the vendors, you get to meet all the teams. We mm-hmm. got to meet the engineers who built a lot of these cars. I mean, the drivers stay in the zone. They I, Most of the drivers who were competing didn't really talk too much. Yeah. But I don't blame them. If you're going to make that and you've got one shot, right. I wouldn't want to be distracted either. You got one shot on the most dangerous race, <laughs> dangerous car race in the world, probably. Yeah. I mean, there's people who just drive off the side of the mountain. Right. I mean, the only thing more dangerous is, you know, Isle of Man with the super bike race yeah yeah any super bike race that is wild and those roads are so narrow on the isle of man that is ridiculous we need to go watch that at some point in our lives did you see that video of the guy who lost control of his sti at 150 miles an hour 
and no. and didn't go into the crowd somehow. No, he I saved seen it that. and saved the car and kept going. Because Subaru, like, okay, here's the thing. We'll get back to Pike Speak in a second, but tangent. Uh, Subaru loves to be like, we hold the record at Isle of Man for car times. They're the only ones that are allowed to do it. <laughs> they have a special deal where they can run a fucking STI during the Isle of Man TT race. Oh, that's hilarious. So, well, hey, they get to brag about the record. Right? Yeah. They do. <laughs> but, like, if they open it up to competition, like Pike's Peak, yeah. they, they wouldn't be the fastest. They wouldn't hold the record. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen... Because uh, the Isle of Man doesn't have a speed limit, right? Like, year-round... It doesn't have one. Probably not, because you can't really speed on those roads. They are really narrow. They're narrow, they're twisty. Yeah, and they've got those cobblestone walls coming up on either side. Those are not tire walls. Those are not forgiving. Yeah, or just somebody's house. Yeah, that's true. I've, I've seen videos of somebody like laying down a bike and it just smashing into the wall of somebody's house because it's like one foot off the road. Can you imagine if you just weren't even following the race? <laughs> you're just sitting in your living room watching football and, you know, soccer because yeah, you're, okay. you're in Europe. Real football. Yeah, football. And, yeah, oh, and a man, motorcycle I, just... I just offended a lot of people with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> Write in and tell us you're offended. <laughs> I don't even like soccer, but it just... They, they named it first. I don't they, know. They did. They did. And, you know, it's... You play with your feet. Right. Like, this is hand egg. We right. have hand egg. We have... <laughs> We should call it hand egg. <laughs> like, it's not football. I don't... Yeah. Anyways, that's for, a weird tangent. For the upcoming Super Bowl, hashtag hand egg. Yes, do that. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Just swarm the all the, the Super Bowl posts with that shit. Yeah, because only the kicker kicks it. Right. Yeah, that's the only time it's touching feet at all. Right, right. And that's just in, in very specific circumstances. Right. Most of the time, it's a hand egg. How do we get on this? I, I we, this is us, man. <laughs> if you don't like ADHD conversations, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you said hand egg. I, I had to just that, that, that was the best thing I've ever heard that game called. The most I, I can't take credit for that. I've heard that somewhere before. <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not that smart. Um, but yeah. Anyway, back to your point. If you're just like not paying attention, all of a sudden some fucking superbike comes yeah. smashing through your window into your kitchen. Yeah, into your living room. You're just making tea. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're like yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> you're like I have to move off the Isle of Man. Although I, you know, I can't imagine that. That's the main circumference road. Like, there's no way you don't know that race is happening. That's true. You know, that's true. If you don't like the race, you've probably rented it out to an avid race fan for a massive markup for probably. that period of time. You're you're doing the thing that people in Sturgis do when Bike Week comes around and just leaving town. Yeah, like, which is brilliant, right? Yeah, I've I've heard of people. I mean, Kayla's from Sturgis. You know, love people like renting out their space and almost paying for their mortgage for the year just out of like one week. Wow, that's actually pretty awesome, right? I mean, granted, a lot of times their place gets like destroyed, so yeah, the Sturgis know. crowd is not easy on property. No, not really. <laughs> uh, they're not exactly our, your typical like, like I feel like race fans in general are usually pretty good, like about cleaning up after themselves and not partying too hard, or if they do, you know, not creating hu- a huge mess. But you know, that would be an interesting study. Which discipline of racing has the most polite fans? Yeah, that would be interesting. Because WRC fans get rowdy. They they do get rowdy, but I feel like they're also, at least these days, they're pretty like, uh, they they take care of their the space. You know, they're partying out in nature, but they don't yeah. tend to trash it, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I would hope not. I mean, I know that um, it was probably about 10 years ago they had to uh, not do the cypress leg 
of the WRC that year because fans were throwing rocks on the track, or not fans, but protesters. Yeah. Because they, they didn't like the environmental impact of it. Yeah. And there's people who really don't like Pikes Peak either. Right. Because it's a hiking trail most of the year. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. And a like, tourist attraction and shit, you know? Yeah. But, no, it's it's our racetrack, okay? It's our racetrack, but only for one weekend. Let us have it. Right. I mean, there's some testing on it, but that's like two weeks total. Yeah. Like, you have it the rest of the year. It's yeah. fine. And the bears don't care. Apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're like, oh, hey, there's food here yeah, now. Yeah, like, you guys are giving away free chicken? Right? Awesome. I like chicken thighs. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I've never seen another thigh stop. I still have not seen one yet. <laughs> Nope. I'm like, where are these? Because that was actually really delicious. Yeah, it was. And they were free. Yeah. So I'm, it's like Wingstop. Just, that's how they get rid of all their thighs. I guess so. <laughs> Maybe that's what they do. They just take those trucks out there. Yeah, and just give them away. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And then you're like, well, it's not a thigh stop, but it's a wing stop. I guess I'll stop in there. Right. I still that. associate it with my positive memories. Right. Exactly. Fucking marketing. Yeah. <laughs> it's the dark side of psychology, man. Uh, all right, back to Pikes Peak. Well, I guess uh, that was Pikes Peak related, but anyways, uh, yeah, Rod Millen's going to be there, and Reese is going to be there as well. Uh, Reese is going to be driving a Porsche this year. His first time in a Porsche doing the, like, spec Porsche thing that they do there. Oh, that's neat. Uh, which, like, Prestrada has uh, competed in, and, man, I couldn't even name all the drivers that have done the spec Porsche thing. Um, but I was looking at the, the uh, entry, like, list here. And there's a lot of drivers, first of all. Yeah, there's a, a lot, really lot big of cars field. on there. And uh, how many did I say there was? Yeah, 28 drivers from Colorado. Dude, that is awesome, right? It's just awesome because this is like this is our home track, if yeah. you will. You know, and the fact that there's that many local people that are out here competing is just that that's awesome to see still. And yeah, that goes back to what we love about Pikes Peak is that, you know, Porsche, Acura, Turn 14 are there with big dollar teams mm-hmm. and then they're still like, "Hey, I built this in my garage with a few buddies and we're right. here to run." Yeah, exactly. And it's still competitive. Yeah. It, it's it's they can still make good times. Uh there's actually where is it? Representing China. Uh I'm going to get that name terribly. Two wrong Zeng. Rong Zeng, I, I don't know my Chinese very well, uh, but representing China in a Chinese-made vehicle. Oh, that's neat. Uh, what is this called? The, uh, or no, maybe he's not in a Chinese-made vehicle. I think the Pavlov is actually a. Hold on, I might get that wrong. Oh no, it is okay. Oh, Palatov. Palatov. Palatov BYD. It was a Chinese like electric car startup, I'm pretty sure. That is really cool. Let's hope it doesn't catch on fire. Yeah, let's hope. But the fact that like even China is coming here to prove that they can make good cars. It's really awesome. I mean, that speaks to the prestige of Pikes Peak. Exactly. I mean, it's the second oldest race in America. Yeah. But it's internationally famous. Yeah. And it's so cool that it's just 90 miles from here. Right? <laughs> we could just, like, go there whenever we want. Yeah, I, I love that. When I was in, when I lived in the South, I used to be, dream about being able to come here and watch that. And now it's just a weekend trip. Okay, this thing is, like... Wow. It looks like a Ferrari. That thing's pretty dope, actually. Yeah. Is this... So, we, am I getting this confused? Because there's a Palatov... BYD. I'm going to have to do some more research on this, actually. It looks like they might make uh, more consumer-oriented vehicles. This might be like a Halo thing to uh, 
This might honestly be a big thing for their marketing. Yeah, possibly. Like, look at the supercar we made. Buy our SUV. Well, because Palatov is a company that makes, like, shit like this. Oh, that's neat. Like, these little, uh, like, uh, what am I called? Pretty much sports cars. Quote-unquote sports cars for, you know, track racing. Little yeah. track toys with, like, like motorcycle. carts. Yeah, motorcycle engines and stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure that was a British company. I'm pretty sure. So, my question is, is this Palatov BYD, but BYD is a Chinese car company. So maybe they're teaming up for this? Yeah, maybe. I mean, there's a long history of using British chassis in in other cars made all over the world. I mean, the original Tesla Roadster just was a Lotus Elise body. Right, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm going to have to do some more research on this because that is that would be interesting if it's a Chinese company teaming up with a British company. So you know it, it'll handle well, and you know somebody else did the wiring, and so it'll work. Right, exactly. <laughs> Even if it's Chinese wiring, I trust that more than British. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I've got to do some more research. That, that, maybe I was wrong. Somebody here representing Slovakia? Oh, that's really cool. Oh, they actually live in Wheat Ridge, though. But they're representing Slovakia. That's dope. Awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's just, there's so much shit here, and, like, the amount of cars. 71 Plymouth Cuda. Wow. That's going to be an interesting watch. Is that Camaro from last year going to be here? Uh, I'm pretty sure Tommy's coming back with that Camaro. And he, he placed in the top 10, didn't he? Oh, I don't remember where he placed now off the top of my head. But I remember he, he did, did really good. well, yeah. Yeah. Yep, no, Tommy's coming back, which I'm I'm so glad that, like, uh, he's really felt... Oh, Tommy Boylo in the... Oh, wait, is he in a fucking... Uh, there's his Camaro. God damn it, this list is terrible to... A very, very small print. Yeah, it's still in the 67 Camaro. Okay, yep. Sweet. I'm glad to see him back in that. Uh, Lonnie Unser is going to be in the Pikes, uh, the Pikes Peak Trophy, the Porsche Cup. That is really cool. So Unser's still being represented at Pikes Peak. Is that his son? Um, I'm not sure who Lonnie is exactly. I think that's his, the daughter. The, oh. I believe. Lonnie Unser. Let's look that up. If I remember correctly. Yeah, because she's she's racing uh, Spec Miata right now. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, continuing the fucking Unser name. Yeah, her, is... her her Spec Miata colors are actually pretty cool. Oh man, that Miata looks great, blue, right? Got an NB with a hard top, just looks amazing, right? Oh man, uh, I posted it to our social media, uh, to the Facebook page, because Instagram is weird for videos. You can't post videos, um, but if you want to see some damn good racing. The opening race for Spec Miata at Daytona this year was in the rain and had like 30-something entries. Oh, wow. And it was the it was an hour of just intense edge-of-your-seat racing. Wait, was it the oval track on Daytona? Uh, with the infield with the oval. Oh, that is and so cool. And then on the, the, the backside, they had a bus stop. And Miatas in the rain are just, just excellent. I yeah. mean, they... You just see some crazy shit that the suspension in the car does. Dude, these guys were, like, they were getting it. Like, they found out, dude, the one guy did the Takumi fucking uh, gutter line. What? Yeah. He actually, like, gripped the side of the, yes, the he, edge of the track? He did the Takumi <laughs> gutter line to get more grip and pass somebody. Oh, that's amazing. Like. That that actually works. Yeah, it actually fucking happened in this race. And they were talking about how he dump the wheels yeah. over the curb to try to like get a little more traction in the wet and that's okay yeah that's fine that's that's Dude, awesome they they let them fight in spec miata 
like they at the beginning of the race they were like all right no bump drafting so for people that don't know bump drafting yeah like on an oval uh, is where you come up you know when you're behind a car you get the draft so yeah. you're going to get a little more speed right but you're not if you go out into the the air you're going to slow back down so the secret is you just gain that speed and bump the car in front of you gain them some extra speed and then everybody starts going faster and faster so uh, they were apparently angry at the Spec Miata guys from last year, and they're like, "No bump drafting," and nobody listened to that. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's like, no, no, we're gonna bump draft. There were some hard bumps too. They come up on them like five mile an hour difference, and boom, bump them. Oh man, that is so awesome. And they'd get in like these packs of like three and four coming around the oval, and just like bumping each other, just just all making everybody go faster. Yeah. <laughs> And then they'd all like coming down into turn one, which is a really tight left-hander where you come off the curve, off the oval into the infield and then a, like a 180 degree, almost like PPIR, honestly. Wow. Um, but they just all right there, they'd fight for positions, you know, after like, that. Who, who can break the latest? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that is awesome. I need to watch that video. Yes, you do. I will send it to you afterwards because that, that is an awesome race. I mean, just the gutter trick and it's, it's, funny because in initial d it's a miata that tries the bumper trick and ends up on its lid is it yeah it's always an mx5 well i remember i i think in that one with the hard top yeah i remember which one you're talking about i don't think they were trying to hook the gutter though he was trying to get like some extra room because he was like on the gas and have the the, the right front wheel floating over the gutter Oh, okay. So he's trying to make a little, trying to get more aggressive. Yeah, trying to like use as much road as possible. And then the Miata's like, I'll try that, but it like hooks into that gutter and then f f spins him around. Yeah, because that road had some dangerous deep gutters. Yeah, this I know way too much about Initial D. <laughs> I mean, all of our fans should. Yeah, right. If you haven't watched Initial D and you're listening to this, then I, I don't know what to tell you. You need to we'll go watch that, of yeah, course. You can fast forward through the through the high school plot lines. Yeah. And just watch the races. Yeah, I, I would suggest that. Yeah. And it's really fun. Take a shot every time they mention a chassis code. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Moving on from Pikes Peak Racing. We'll have we'll be talking about that in the lead up to the race more and more, Absolutely, I'm sure. Absolutely, and we'll have some serious coverage of that as well. Yes, yeah, so we're hoping uh we're hoping to get press passes this year yes because we're press yeah we're we're press yeah we have a platform we're the media yeah exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> totally uh people uh, the people in charge of assigning press passes li listening to this we are totally legit we are legit take my word for it just listen to this yeah we're, we're clearly legit <laughs> um so yeah there'll be plenty more to come on that uh i want to talk about just the complete opposite end of like uh you know, our budget-minded stuff. Yeah. But I think this will actually trickle down eventually, and I'm actually excited for this. Uh, Koenigsegg, of all people, have developed a tiny electric motor that makes 355 horsepower, 444, 443 foot-pounds of torque, and is about the size of, what would you say, a six-pack of fucking energy drinks? Yeah, they have an energy drink next to it for reference, and, I mean, that's a really small motor to put out more power and torque than... Any car I own. That's a stock LS. Wow. If you think about it. Yeah, that's true. There there are LSs that make less than that. Right? Yeah, it's 63 pounds. Wow. Man. So if anybody was worried that the future was going to be slow. It's definitely not going to be slow. No, it's not going to have the same. Like, I understand people's argument of, like, soul. Right. It's not going to have that soul to it. Right. But 
God damn, is it going to be fast? But this is going to be, this is like dangerously fast. Like this is <laughs> it's true. This is like what we were talking about before. Like, do I have a mile in front of me? Yeah. I hope so. Right. If anything changes, I'm hitting that wall. That is awesome, though, that they're able to do this. And, you know, it's Koenigsegg. So you know that this technology is going to end up in something that's both gorgeous to look at and is just ludicrously fast. Right. Yeah. I mean, this was developed for the Gamera, the their four-seater weird thing that they made. Koenigsegg made a four-seater? Yeah. It's like a... Where's my mouse? Let's just click that real quick. Wow. Yeah, that's the Gamera. Who needs a uh who needs a Panamera? Right? That looks great. Yeah, it's a seventeen hundred horsepower hybrid. <laughs> that is awesome. So I think it has four of those electric motors and a three cylinder turbo that makes like four hundred horsepower or something it, like that. It's a camless three cylinder. How does that work? Oh, that's their free valve technology. Have you not seen this? No. We will talk about this later. Okay. Um yeah, screw it. Talk yeah, about it now. Yeah. Uh, the free it's valve. Almost like we're on a car podcast, right? The free valve technology, if people don't know, is instead of using cams to open and close the valves, it's. I think these one are ones are pneumatic, like or air uh, solenoids. So, so they have to have compressed air. I'm pretty sure. That's interesting. So the actually the multi-air engine on the Chrysler stuff. Okay. Your Fiats and your Chryslers have the multi-air. Yeah. The intakes are like that. There's no cam. So there's just a cam on the exhaust side. Yeah, and the the intake is all uh, air actuated valves. Wow! So the great great part about that is you can have any cam profile you want at any moment you want. Yeah, I mean you don't need. I mean variable valve timing is you can just do it. Right. You can program it to do whatever you want. You also don't need a throttle body. Oh wow! Because you can just not open the valves because yeah because that's the way the vq37 works yeah pretty much that is really interesting yeah so that's how they can make a two liter three cylinder with 600 horsepower man koenigsegg knows what they're doing koenigsegg is like christian von koenigsegg is a goddamn like i am so happy that man <laughs> decided to build cool cars and not take over the world that's true. Because, yeah. I mean, you've seen Christian von Koenigsegg, haven't you? I think I've seen pictures of him. He looks like a fucking villain. <laughs> I mean, I mean it, he, has, he has a super villain's name. Right? Uh, you know, I was kind of sad that they didn't... Because um, I remember that Koenigsegg was going to purchase Saab back in 2008. So, when yeah. When GM broke up. And I was so excited. I was like, if Koenigsegg purchases Saab, we're going to see some really cool technology trickle into Saab's. And then they, they didn't, and now Saab is gone. Yeah, well, they just teamed up with Volvo instead. Because Volvo was actually going to start using the free valve stuff for a while. Oh, that's awesome. But then I think Volvo just decided, yeah, we're going electric instead. Yeah, that does seem to be the, the trend. I mean, we were saying the same thing about Hyundai. Which, by the way, did you hear that, uh, that press release Hyundai sent out? No. Park your cars outside in case they catch on fire. <laughs> Oh, man. Yep, electric cars are good to go. <laughs> it's like, well, if we put out this notice, then, you know, we won't have to pay for people's houses. Christian von Koenigsegg bought back his first Mazda Miata. Wow. God, see, Christian was just like the ultimate car dude. I, I, I love this man. <laughs> uh, anyways, back to the motor that his company produced. Uh, I guess there's two different ways of doing electric motors. There is... Wow, they're just not going to give me that picture in full size, huh? Yeah, there's a... Oh, God. Let's see. I got a, I got a axial flux and... Where's the other one? 
Oh, radial flux. That's the other one. So that's like a different way of winding the motors, I guess. Or I don't, I don't know enough about electric motors yet. I'm going to do some training for, for work on electric cars. Oh, but, that's cool. Uh, as of right now, I'm not that great at it. But I guess each one actually has different uh, torque curves. Oh, wow. So they actually produce torque differently. Yeah. So I don't know which one it is. Either the radial or the axial creates a lot of low end, and the other one creates more high end. Okay, so so the the radial or the axial, whichever one produces low end, that's what we're seeing in most electric cars now. Yes, I think so. Okay. Uh, but they kind of found out a way to just do both, I guess, at the same time. Cool. Be, or switch over. So your torque curve is just like, you can see where one dips off, the other one is right there. So That's you're just awesome. constant power. Yeah, it, it doesn't look like a dyno chart. It just like goes up and plateaus. Yeah. That is really cool. So you just have max power. Yeah, whenever, Ooh. at whatever RPM the, mo the motor's at. Uh, this thing would be so much fun. It'd be fun to drive anything with this motor in it. Right? Just press the gas, it's fast. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then they're developing with these motors, a little thing they call like, it was like the pub or the pug or something like that. I don't remember. Uh, you would think I read these articles and I do, but I read them ahead of time and then I forget them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's two motors with the inverter and then you can see there's just CV cups coming off the end of these. So it's just ready to bolt into something. Yeah. Just bolt that on, slip in your CVs and boom. You're good to go. It would be so difficult if I were that engineer to not like, all right, this is going in my dune buggy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's we already we already built it for this. It's going in it's going in my whatever fill in the blank project. Dude, this size it can go in in anything. Yeah. Yeah, just get the custom axles made and right? you're good to go. You could put this under the bed of a truck. It's like the size of a fucking diff pumpkin. I mean that makes more power than my truck. Right. And then I can. Well, there's like two a, of these. This yeah. makes 670 horsepower. Wow. 811 and foot pounds of torque. I could be like a Ford Lightning and just use my engine bay as cargo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or probably just fill up with battery for to run this little thing. Yeah. It I imagine it sucks down some juice pretty fast. But yeah, this is what I'm excited for. Is like people are like, you know, are kind of concerned about electric cars and the future of hot rodding and stuff like that. But people like. I bought a 3D printer just recently. This isn't going to, I'm not going to talk about this too much because I've talked about it a lot. Uh, I don't blame you though. It's really awesome. It's so cool. Uh, I've been wanting one for so long. But my point is like, you give people the ability to tinker with shit or you just make a thing in general and people are going to take it and tinker with it. Yeah. You and know? you should let them. Yeah. Looking at you, Apple. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you should let people tinker because that's how you get better, better stuff. Like sure, ninety nine people, ninety nine people out of a hundred are going to make your product worse. True, but that's their their product at that point. They purchased it, right? Exactly. And the one person who makes it better, you can learn from that person. Yeah, and those people hacking with things and tweaking things are the ones that grow up to create cool things. Yeah, you know, like Christian von Koenigsegg apparently had Miatas back in the day. He was probably tweaking on that and miatting that, miatting that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And now he's making some of the craziest cars in the world. If Mazda hadn't let him mod that, we might have never gotten a CCX. True. Yeah. It's so like we're, we're we'll figure out ways to hot rod shit. Don't worry. Especially <laughs> as well. And for instance, the, this 3D printer is making uh, production of things so much more accessible and cheap. 
Yeah, and metal 3D printers are coming down in cost. There's going to be a point, uh, 15 years in the future at most, where you're just going to make your own three or your own electric motor at home. Yeah, it's democratizing production. Right. Which so, honestly, that that is how you set labor free. That's true. I I made a video and I didn't post it because I got like I don't know, I didn't record audio or something. But like this 3D printer is kind of a bit like my fuck you to uh, uh, capitalism. I'm like, fuck you, I'll just make it. I'm going to make my own thing. Yeah. I'm going to make my own butter pig. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's going to be a reference nobody's going to get. We're just going to move on. <laughs> You're on that your own for a, that one, audience. deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yes, electric is the future, and we're going to be hot riding it. But for the time being, people are still trying to make internal combustion work. God bless them. Right? Somehow. Uh, but also, in that respect, last week we talked about Mazda filing some patents for the uh, two-door Mazda 3 and the three-rotor sports car. Yes. Yeah, and we got really excited because the stage is set for right. those to come out. So we're like, of course they're going to release these because they patented them. They patented it. But I, w I had my reservations because people patent shit all the time. The patent it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to make it. It means we don't want anybody else to make it. Even if we never... Exactly. act on this idea exactly and as a perfect example from mazda themselves uh they have patented a supercharged two-stroke engine which will never see the light of day <laughs> i i really want to know what the plan was for this like i mean clearly somebody designed it they had an idea right like they have a they have an idea for an application you would think so yeah like i mean just a really fast really loud chainsaw <laughs> I mean, maybe they're looking at this as a way to make a more, quote-unquote, efficient uh, range extender. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because since they're using Lankles right. as range extenders. I think Mazda is trying to figure out how to make a clean-burning two-stroke, which is an oxymoron, in my opinion. <laughs> but maybe they can do it. Maybe they can invent a synthetic oil to inject into it. Right. That will burn clean. Yeah, but then you have to, like, put oil in. Like, this is the reason most RX-8s failed. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, those engines weren't great, but yeah. the fact that it used oil, and you know how people are with their oil changes. Yeah, people don't want to add oil. Yeah, so they're not checking their oil, they're going way over on their oil change. Right. And then it's not, has no more oil to inject, because I would assume anyways, it only takes so much before it won't take any more oil out of the crankcase. Yeah, that's true. You can't just overfill it and then forget about it. Yeah. You just have to put a quart of oil in it every other fill-up. Right. Which most people aren't going to do. No. They're like, no, I'm not doing that. That's yeah. ridiculous. Uh, so I think, you know, Mazda figured out, like, if we're going to do this, we can't we can't have people adding oil all the time. We can't have extra oil reservoirs or whatever like that. Right. First of all, EPA is never going to allow it. Second of all, the people owning the cars aren't going to do it. So maybe, just maybe... Mazda has figured out how to make a clean running two-stroke. Uh, there's clearly a catalytic converter in this picture, so they this is clearly like so geared, they're, they're, geared towards automotive. Yeah, they're planning on trying to make this efficient. Right. So I don't know. There, you can go to the article we linked, and you can actually read the entire patent uh, publication if you really want. Uh, there's probably a lot of jargon in there that I don't know. But this uh, is what we love about Mazda, though. Right. You know they're everybody else moves on from these inefficient designs. Mazda's like, no, we're going to do it better. Right. Like, we're not going to replace it. Fine, we'll we'll work on the other stuff too, but we're not giving up on this. Yeah. And it's really cool because I love rotary engines. You know, they're not 
practical by any <laughs> right. means. But I love that it only works if you just drive the shit out of your car all the time. Because that's how I like to drive my car. Right. Yeah, and they're like this this one loves it. This 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 engine is made right. for you. It will only work if you do that. Right. So I just noticed this. This patent, this two-stroke engine has valves. Not reed valves, like a regular two-stroke. Yeah, it actually has a valve, but I don't Do you see a head? Well, yeah, this like this cross-hatched part is the cylinder head. Okay. That's your head gasket, that dark uh, black line. But yeah, so a two-stroke with valves. I wonder how that would work. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. That is interesting. So, who knows? Maybe we will see a supercharged, valved, two-stroke engine in something. Maybe the next Mazda 2. Yeah, maybe. Maybe this will be the next uh, Miata engine. That would be really neat. Because they can make it... like Because two-strokes are insanely powerful for their size. Because yeah. you're basically making kind of making twice the power with the same displacement because you're firing twice as many times. That makes sense. Right? It doesn't really work out that way in yeah. reality, but, you know. But you do make... So from, from a certain standpoint, you could call it efficient. Yeah, you could. Yeah. Because you're making a lot more power out of a lot less displacement. Yeah. But it's still burning the same amount of fuel because, I mean, that's just how physics works. <laughs> if you want to make power, you need to burn the right amount of fuel. Yeah, and in this case, some oil too. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, I don't know. Uh, I, but back to my point, I don't think this is ever actually being made, which means the two-door Mazda 3 probably isn't getting made, which means the RX-9 probably isn't getting made. You know, they've been teasing us on that for a long time, but hey, Toyota did that with the Supra for a long time, too. This and, is true. And then we finally got one. It's true. So, it, it would be awesome if they acted on that, um, even if the RX comes out as a hybrid, which is really the only way it's going to meet any EPA restrictions. Yeah. It would be, I'd love to see it. And I just want to see, yeah, the Supra, the Z, and the RX. Yeah, all on the same stage at the same time again. Right. Just one more time. Yeah, right? Just give us one last hurrah. <laughs> right. You yeah. know? And then they can go away forever. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then we can say that we had another golden era that we lived through. Right. And we're millennials, so we couldn't afford to buy the cars. No. But but, but they were there. They were there. <laughs> we can't afford them. We're, I'm, I'm like trying to save up for, you know, the 300ZX. Yeah. You know? So still trying to save up for one of those some, someday. Yeah. There's one on Craigslist for like 2500 bucks, but it looks like a complete basket case. Is it uh the with the uh T-tops and the uh or no, it's it's the the It car. is it is a T-top, uh but it's a non-turbo or no, it's a twin turbo automatic. Oh, okay. Uh, but it looks like a complete basket case. <laughs> you know what's funny is for 2500 bucks, it might be worth it just for the parts. It's true. <laughs> you could yeah. buy that and part it out. Yeah, you're not wrong just kind of sad these days it is it is i mean i remember for a while the nazs were so it were so cheap but mm. the parts for them were so expensive because all the s chassis guys use them oh right and yeah i i was considering buying you know one or two of them <laughs> just to have them yeah just just to part them out i actually bought my uh my brake master that's currently in my 240 from a guy who had four of them in his driveway <laughs> <laughs> see that that was my thing with the z is i'm like man i can buy uh s13 and then put a bunch of z parts on it yeah or I could just buy a Z. Yeah, or you could just buy the Z. Yeah. <laughs> why, why don't I just do that? Yeah. Like, I get it's a bigger, like, heavier platform, but I still think it'd make a good drift missile. And they look cool. Yeah, I mean, it's a classic design. So, so good looking. Yeah. Uh, which is why I'm kind of sad that the new Z takes 
more cues from like well it's it's basically a 370 reskinned but right i was hoping they make it a little longer and a little sleeker like you were hoping for more of the wedge shape like from the 90s yeah i was hoping for just yeah. longer and lower this is kind of squat and tall it is but which is just like you were saying like that's what the 370 was right i love that that hood looks like the original you know 240 260 280z though mm -hmm. i love because i think that that was one of the most i think that was the most gorgeous the z ever was yeah when it first came out and then they they put on those 90s taillights yeah like it's it's just a great amalgamation yeah no they they got the 300 zx taillights on there so i'm like cool you did it right and supposedly they're coming out with a movie where eugene levy plays a badass driver at nissan sponsored it so it's got a it's him hauling ass around in like a z and proto trip what yeah <laughs> yeah i wouldn't have believed it if i hadn't seen the 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 trailer clip for it but it's Eugene Levy, the dad from this American is, Pie with the giant eyebrows. And this is a movie? Yeah, I, I, saw, I heard it was a trailer for a movie. I don't know if they'll actually make it or if the whole thing was a joke. Is it a Super Bowl thing? It might be a Super Bowl thing. This, this sounds like a Super Bowl thing. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. We'll get in trouble for saying that. The big game. Really? Yeah, that's trademarked. You cannot say that. If you cannot say that on air. Wow. Yeah. We'll get a copyright strike for that. Yeah. I mean, we're luckily we're small enough. Nobody's gonna listen to our podcast about. <laughs> we were just making fun of football earlier. They tuned out long time ago. Yeah, that's true. And called it hand egg. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, you can actually get in trouble for that. It's so the big hand egg game. Yes, the big hand egg game is coming up, and uh, those commercials. I hope that that I hope that's where we see it because it looks just fucking absurd. Yeah, like Eugene Levy. I think he has like tattoos and stuff, and his name <laughs> is Dragon. <laughs> I'll watch it on YouTube. I, I'm not sitting through a whole uh, football game to watch that. Yeah, I remember that was always my favorite part, though. You go to the Super Bowl parties. Yeah. And you wait for the ads. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I shouldn't have said that again. The oh, big yeah. game parties. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so many strikes. Um, all right. What the hell were we just talking about? We were talking about something. Oh, the Mazda stuff. Yep, the, the patents. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, Mazda's not going to make a two-door hatchback. But you know who does make a two-door hatchback that we don't get? And I need to talk about it every goddamn week. It's it's time. We yeah. haven't talked about it in a while. No, there's new news on it. So I'm yeah. not just rehashing things. we got to cover it. Uh, the GR Yaris is getting a hotter version. A hotter version. Yes, the GRMN, which, as we found out earlier, stands for Gazoo Racing Masters of Nürburgring. What a name, right? Like, what a name. Like, I mean, the Skyline V-Spec Nur Edition, that was cool. Yeah. But Masters of Nürburgring? <laughs> That's a throwing a gauntlet down. Right? That's a very bold statement. Yeah. But this is a very bold car to be putting it on, too. This... It, it is. That thing looks really cool. Right? It's. I mean, it's a GR Yaris with more carbon fiber. Less weight, a little bit more torque, redone suspension, more aero, uh, no back seat, chassis bracing. Yeah, this, this looks awesome. I mean, because you remember you were getting in trouble for pulling seats out at, at uh, Grid Life. Yeah. This just doesn't come with the seats. Right. So OEM, you're already there. Right. Yeah. Uh, also, there's they did another 545 spot welds on the chassis just to stiffen it up. Wow. Like, that is... This is not just a trim package. Yeah. This is like from the very start, this car is going to be extra. They want you to take this to the track. Yes. Clearly there's, the Nürburgring. Clearly. Uh, actually, there's two different packages. There's a circuit package, which comes with Yokohama. Well, this says AD52s, but I, I know this means AO52. 
There's actually quite a few spelling errors in this uh, <laughs> article. Car translation. No, this is just car throttle busting out articles oh. really fast and not doing spell check. Uh, but yeah, AO52s, which are amazing 200 treadwear tires from the factory. God, that's awesome. Which is ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, on the circuit package. And there's also a rally package with different suspension for actual rally racing. Oh, man. So that means there's like a version of one of these that kind of sits up a little higher. Yeah. And, and it says it has the underbody protection. So it has metal skid plates. Yep. That probably has even more spot welds. Yeah, you would think so. <laughs> um, but yeah. I'm just like, are you serious, guys? Not only did you make the best hatchback, two-door hatchback there ever was, in my opinion. Uh, and then not make it available to and us. And then make it available to us. Then you made a better version and said you also can't have that. <laughs> also, it's out of your price range anyways because it is about $54,000. Wow, that is an expensive three-door hatchback. Right? Consider the, the range now on the Yaris lineup. <laughs> pricing the, the cheapest yaris is under 20 grand isn't it oh it has to be yeah that, all the way up to fifty four thousand dollars. can you imagine looking at that trim menu like <laughs> from 24 from 19 to fifty four thousand. yeah the gr yaris or the the toyota yaris starting at 19 oh god that is awesome so this one actually th this one though at least even the European guys will get will miss out on this. This is only for the JDM market. And that's just the, the masters of the Nürburgring. The standard GR is Euro available. Yes. Okay. Yep. Actually, it's available in a lot of places except America. Just not here. Yeah. Is assholes. it right-hand drive only? Uh, Possibly. Okay, so it's available in all the all the countries that drive on the wrong side of the road. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. So that would, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just... 25 years... 25 years from now, I'm going to own one of those. I don't give a shit if gasoline doesn't exist anymore. I'm owning one of those. You park it in your living room. Right? I don't care. Yeah. Just to have that thing. I mean, you could do zero, de zero degree donuts in your living room. This is true. Yeah. Yeah, I'll brew some ethanol in my in my garage. and Yeah. Be fine. Be funny. Are you moonshining, Matt? Like, <laughs> no, I'm making gas. <laughs> making, Got to do some burnouts. Um, also, I just thought about this. There was a rumor that the uh, Corolla GR that they're making our version of the Yaris. Yeah, the one big, we'll actually get. Yeah, that's bigger and heavier and not as cool. Um, there is a rumor that there's going to be an option to tick that of a rear seat delete from the factory. Now, that would be really cool. Which I would totally do. Yeah. You uh, don't even keep the rear seat in your Fiesta most of the time. Right? It's in now. <laughs> <laughs> but this kind of gives me an uh, hope that that's going to be real. And maybe there's going to be an... GRMN version of the Corolla as well here. See, that would be awesome. And honestly, a GRMN version of the H6. Yeah. The Supra. The Supra. Yeah. Maybe the MR2 if we ever see that again. Right? Yeah. Yeah, this is like, gives us hope that like there's going to be hotter versions of these things. Yeah. And, I mean, and masters of the Nürburgring. I, I just can't get over it. Dude, what if, what if they finally give us a boosted H6? Oh, man. And they could charge like $55,000 for it. Right. Like, listen, we're making a thousand of these. Right. Like, this is super rare edition. Really one. limited run. You'd see the same one on all the magazines because there was only one press card. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> we made one to give it all the press because they're going to fucking ruin it. Right. Right. Like that one orange Jim Coop that all the press had. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And of the 400 plus that came to America. Right. So maybe we're going to see some crazy shit from Toyota. I hope so. I mean, this certainly shows that they're willing to just take risks and and make just bonkers, berserk vehicles like this. Right. Actually, 
moving on, speaking of Toyota making bonkers, ridiculous vehicles, the Toyota, the, sorry, Toyota GR GT3 concept is here now. And here's the thing about it. It's a GT3 car, which means there has to be a road-going version of this. You gotta love the homologation rules. I fucking love homologation rules. Uh, that's what gave us the Yaris in the first place. And that's what's giving us, possibly, a Toyota supercar. Yeah, I mean, again, th- this thing looks front-engined and rear-wheel drive. I mean, it, it, it looks, honestly, it looks better than the LFA. Yeah, mm, yes, it does. I will agree with that. This like, thing is... Like, those taillights are just gorgeous. Yeah, the taillights are gorgeous. The giant swan swan neck GT wing. I mean, of course, this is the race version. This is clearly a GT3 race car, which is probably going to do, like, Le Mans or racing or something like that. Um, but part of the thing is, yes, that will require road-going versions. And a lot of times, the GT3 cars are road-going cars converted to race use. you got your Mustangs and your Porsches... That yeah. compete in GT3. Uh, but Toyota, instead of, I don't know, taking a Supra, which you would kind of expect them to. Yeah, you would think to, that they would, because they already have a front-engine rear-drive sports car. Right. Maybe they wanted to build it all themselves. Yeah. So that also raises the question of, okay, they're going to have an even higher end, clearly. This thing is going to be clearly like LFA territory. Yeah. Uh, Maybe they'll actually make a profit on this one, though. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Uh, this is at this point. I think Toyota is just flexing. I, I mean, mean, I'm happy. Yeah. It oh, looks so am amazing. I. <laughs> yeah. No. So am I. I'm. I'm glad Toyota's coming back to the Toyota we loved back in the day. Uh, but this brings up the question: This is going to be above the Supra. What powertrain is this going to have in it? Yeah. And before the podcast, you mentioned possibly a V10. Yeah. I was thinking, what if they dust off the LFA project, get a hold of Yamaha again, and be like, Hey, let's let's make some more power. Yeah. Let's make something that revs so fast we have to get it, give it a digital tack. Right? <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> uh, that was That's one of the best sounding production cars of all time. I mean, I think sounds amazing. Right? Um, but also, I can't see Toyota doing that right now with, you know, everything going to EV, you know, f- fuel efficiency being a big thing. Like, I can't see them putting a, a monster fire-breathing V10 in this thing. So you think it'll be boosted and lower displacement? That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, like, what if they make an inline six? <laughs> yeah, what if, what if they make their own inline six? After all this bullshit. That would make so many people so angry. Right? <laughs> or is this just going to be BMW-powered? You know, I, I'm just going to throw out, yeah, I'm going to throw out some crazy, wild speculation. Okay. Two BMW inline sixes laid flat on the same crankshaft, 12-cylinder, horizontally opposed boxer engine, most perfect engine ever made. I don't see how that fit under this end, uh, uh, hood, but I love where you're going with this. I love yeah. where your mind's at. Yeah. <laughs> and toy, and you're right. Toyota's flexing. What better flex? Right. Because the the three most perfect layouts for an engine are inline six, V12, and boxer. Combine them all. Right. I mean, the, we got that's a Ferrari Testarossa right there. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a Toyota, so it'll like run well, well and not not break. It's a BMW. That's true, but it's a BMW that Toyota went over. And to be fair, <laughs> BMW does have some experience in boxer engines. Their motorcycles, for a long time, used boxer engines. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. They'd use horizontally opposed engines in the BMW bikes. That's pretty cool. They might still do that, honestly. I think the big uh, the big touring bikes still do that. That would make it so much easier to balance. Right? Yeah, all down low like that? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why they do it. 
Um, so they don't, they, they have some experience in that stuff. Yeah. That's what I want to see. But that's just my bonkers crazy idea. Yeah. I want to see, I want to see something ridiculous, like a, like, supercharged and turbocharged four-cylinder that makes, like, 900 horsepower. Like, like twin-charged something awesome. I mean, that would be really cool, too, and that would stand out in GT3. Do you remember the Nissan Delta Wing race car? Yes, the three-wheel. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. it wasn't three-wheel. It had four wheels. Did it actually have four wheels? But the front ones were just, like, really narrow were just together. two wheels right next to each other? Yeah. I just always assumed it was a three-wheeler. No, but it actually had four. That's the hilarious. Weirdest goddamn race car yeah, did, ever. Did you see the video of the Porsche that cut it off and rode Atlanta under the bridge and it rolled over? No. Yeah, you see the driver driving the Delta Wing, and it's so small, I guess the guy in the Porsche didn't see it. I could I could see that. And it was, uh, it was that bridge that's right after turn 10B at Road Atlanta going into the front straight, and he kind of... He turned into him right yeah. there. He merged on top of him. The Delta Wing rolled over. You see the driver of the Delta Wing flipping off the Porsche as he's driving away. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it was a tiny little car. Yeah. Uh, but that thing had uh, some tiny four-cylinder that made like 500 horsepower. Wow. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Can you imagine driving that? Right. How would he... If it's two wheels up front, God, the steering had to be... Like right next to each other, like that had to be wild, right? Like, I've heard, I've heard from like watching videos that the thing was weird to drive. Yeah, I bet it had to have some crazy handling characteristics. It was a good idea on paper. You have less frontal area. You're kind of you're shifting your weight to the back wheels a little bit more. Like it had good ideas. Nissan also ran an LMP3 car that was front wheel drive. Really? Yeah. It was a GTR LMP3 that was front-wheel drive. Yeah, the Nissan GTR LM Nismo was front-engine, front-wheel drive. Wow. And you would never think it's front-wheel drive by looking at it. Right? You really wouldn't. But this thing, once again, they were just like trying things. I think this was kind of an evolution of the Delta Wing project a little bit in some ways. And... Because they were just, there was a lot of reasons. I can't remember exactly all the reasons they gave about it. Maybe I'll write an article about this because I need to learn more about it anyways. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, front wheel drive at that level of competition, you never see it. Right. And they did okay. I don't know if they did great. Clearly, like, it wasn't a, a game changer because it's not still, it's still not around. But um, I just, I love it when, like, the, the people try weird shit. Yeah. Like, maybe it doesn't work, but we're going to try it. Yeah. It's it like you're talking with, like, fucking modifying shit, you yeah. know? It shows willingness to innovate. Right. Like, when, when you see a company doing that, because you expect that from an individual. Yeah. But when you see a company doing that, it's like, wow, you're willing to put a lot of resources into this idea that a lot of people would just call some harebrained scheme. Right. <laughs> and I'm and look at the result. I mean, you make an LMP card that actually finishes and ran in the pack. It, poor Nissan, man. They just, they always try new things. They always try to be innovative, and I feel like they just can't quite get it right. Yeah, the CVT really bit them on the ass. Right? Yeah. It's like, they're, we're going to make the weird Delta Wing race car. We're going to make a front-wheel drive race car. Well, those didn't work. We're going to make a CVT. Well, that didn't work. We're going right. to make a convertible crossover. Well, that didn't work. And then other oh, that people... That thing was ugly. Yeah. Then <laughs> other people, Land Rover is like, oh, we made an Evoke convertible and i right. was like that's awesome well, and, and, and subaru and, and honda are like we're gonna use the cvt yeah yeah and nissan's just over like what the fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that was our idea yeah oh man well 
there's going to be a place though for all these CVT powered cars and it's like your uh, Nissan Cross Cabriolet Muranos, and yeah. that is the Concourse de, Lama, Le, de Lemons. Oh Sorry. man! So not only do the, the Lemons guys do a 24 hour race and do the road rally. Which we, I got to talk to you more about that because we yeah. need to get prepared for that because yeah. we're totally doing it. We got to do it. Uh, they also do a concourse show, which is kind of a big fuck you to concourse shows. You know, it's like, yeah, no, we're, 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 <laughs> we're, yeah, with categories such as Rust Belt American Junk. And it's right in front of an AMC Pacer. Yeah, which is perfect. There's yeah. also a, uh, there's a class in the concourse. It was like, it's like boring Japanese appliance. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So like the stuff with no power that's no fun. Right. That's awesome. Oh, man. And and yeah, because the concourses are so pretentious. Mm-hmm. And this is like, no, we're going to have a car show, a concourse-style car show for the garbage cars. Yeah. I wonder if there's the Avanti who showed up. <laughs> oh, man. there's The Avanti walks a weird line of there's people that will take that to a real concourse show. I know they will because I've seen one at the uh, Colorado Concourse. Really? Yes. And then there's the people that think their piece is garbage. <laughs> we'll take it to l- Lemons. <laughs> uh, it was an interesting car, right? Uh, but the reason I bring up the Concourse D Lemons is because they are actually teaming up with Haggerty now to produce their car shows, which means more car shows and bigger car shows. Yeah, and you know it's interesting. I actually uh, I got an insurance quote from Haggerty. And, you know, we're not sponsored by Haggerty at all. No. But, you know, I, I've been, I pay way too much for car insurance. Uh, as we all do. Yeah, as, as all gearheads do. And I, I still have to verify this quote, but the quote I got, it costs less to insure my truck, my 240, and my BRZ than I'm paying just to insure one of them right now. Wow. Yeah. That's so, kind of amazing. I haven't gotten a quote from Haggerty in years. They've actually, they've, they've changed their things a lot because Haggerty used to be just collector's car insurance. Yeah, well, it's still technically collector car insurance, but... There's filters for everything. Yeah. Like, it let me put the 18 BRZ in there. Oh, really? Yeah, and, and it just asks how many miles you drive, and there's even an option for off-road under construction insurance. Oh, nice. Yeah. See, that's perfect. That's they, exactly they got what us. you need. Yeah, yeah, they know what we want. It's like, oh, if your garage burns down, it's covered. Right, exactly. I mean, most places have, like, a storage insurance or most insurance agencies, but they don't... Like, Haggerty is meant for car enthusiasts. You know, they, they know that, like, our... 81 Corolla we have sitting in the garage isn't just worth the $300 right. you know <laughs> that right. the regular insurance thinks it is. There's there's a whole section of listing your modifications and what they do. Like do you have a modification that increases engine horsepower over this much, over this much, over this much? Oh wow, really? Yeah. That's weird. Uh, yeah, no, Haggerty's been kind of killing the game le- recently. They're, yeah, they've they're... definitely gotten a lot of FaceTime. Like they had booths at Gridlife, they had booths at Pike's Peak. Yeah. Yeah, and they're they're upping their like social media game and do, making shows and stuff like that. And clearly, they're going to be doing more car show stuff. And I think teaming up with uh, Lemons is a really great idea because, you know, these people people love garbage cars. They do like this Pacer here. Like, I guarantee whoever owns that Pacer loves that Pacer. Yeah, you know. And I love walking up to cars like that and being like, "You are awesome for keeping this running." <laughs> right. Like every time I see a third gen Supra. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's got a 7M under the hood. I'm like, man, good good job. Like, yeah. You kept this thing running. And that was a lot of work. I know it was. Yeah. yeah. Like, 
So I just feel like this is a great idea for them to keep like, or to bring on more people, you know, or bring people into their system. Yeah. And hopefully, I mean, the way insurance should work in theory is the more people you have and you subscribe to your insurance policies, the cheaper the insurance can be. Yeah. Because not everybody's going to use insurance. Right. So let's say you have three people on there. Well, that's a one in three chance you're going to have to pay out your insurance. Right. You know, you have a three million people on there. Well, that's what? Maybe one in a million chance you got to right. pay out. So it should be cheaper. Should. Of course, we all know that's not how insurance works. Right. But I feel like Haggerty doesn't want to like ruin their reputation by just like charging people a bunch of money. I'm I'm gonna delve into this a little more because I'm if I can actually get that rate I'm obviously switching to Haggerty <laughs> clearly yeah um so and if that works out you know I'll 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 bring it up on the next podcast okay because I, there needs to be affordable insurance for people like us yeah there's just not a lot of good options oh sorry I just saw some of the classes so we got Rust Belt American Classic nice needlessly complex Italian <laughs> and most dangerous most dangerous I love that <laughs> oh God. The show culminates in the presentation of the worst of show trophy. Oh, that's amazing. God, I love the Lemons people. I would love to go see this. Yes. So part of the reason I know this is because they posted that to their Instagram and they're like, hey, where should we put a show? And I said either Aspen or Vale. Oh, that would be great. Just throw it in their faces. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. If we're going to do it, let's take all this junk yeah. And do a car show in two of the richest areas in the you, in the country. Can you imagine the look on the people in Vale's faces? <laughs> right. When you just see this parade billowing smoke pull into there <laughs> and like, what's going on here? Why is there a junkyard in Vale? <laughs> Parts just falling off, cars. Oh, it would it would just it would make my soul just a little bit happier. I would love to see that. Right. So they did uh, Haggerty did, or like, I think it was Lemons, actually, it was their account, did like my comment, so they did see it. So I've planted the seed. You planted the seed. Yes. If they're in Vail, I'll drive my rusty truck up there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'll take the Subaru. Yeah. Subaru's not even that junky, but it, well, I don't know. The Subaru probably belongs in Vail, honestly. It's a Subaru. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Subarus up there. Maybe just take a body panel or two off. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I got, I'll, I'll don't worry, I'll buy something junky. Oh, I'll take Iggy up there. What the fuck am I talking about? There we go. Jesus. With it, I'm totally doing uh, Boso pipes on the, on Iggy. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. At, at least like six feet. Are you going to hang a charm off the back? Yeah, we'll do that too. Yeah. Yeah. Did I tell you about that Lexus GS I saw pulling out of the Target in Lakewood that high-centered itself? Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. It's, Stan's kids are stupid and I kind of love them. I mean, you know, somebody's got to buy all those cheap suspensions. Right? Yeah. I mean, do they? So. <laughs> that's, a, that's a valid question. Do people really need Rev9 coilovers? Like, we were talking earlier, and I, I won't say exactly what we said because it will offend some people. Uh, but the fact is, we need people buying performance parts for their show cars. Yes. Like... We need people buying Fortune coilovers to put to slam their Civic because that's the only reason Fortune can afford to make coilovers for that, that system and afford to develop that product. Right. You right. know, you if need... it was just race car people, they couldn't, there was no, there'd be no money in it. Yeah, exactly. This is what we were talking about with the RPM Act. 
Right. Um, you know, it can't just be for off-road use. Yeah. Because then there's no market for it and there's no supply. Right. That's just, that's just simple economics right there. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that the stance kids want to put big brake kits on their thing, on their stuff, go for it. Yeah. But to that point too, though, like the kids building their quote unquote budget stance cars, getting uh, max speeding rods, uh, coilovers for 300 bucks. That's not really doing anybody any favors. Yeah, because those are the cheapest things you can buy. Right, and that's not you're not going to bolt those on and go racing with them. No. I they're, mean, they're terrible. I actually watched a video where they compared the dampening of many different coilovers. Yeah, and oh my god, the max speeding rods dampening is atrocious. So it's like worse than Godspeed or Rev Nine or Megan oh, yeah. or any of the really cheap brands. Yeah, way way worse. Wow. Basically. Um, the way it handles is it's going to be super harsh. It's a linear. So there's digressive curves and there's linear curves. And it's kind of like a, a dyno graph. The, okay. the farther right on the graph you get is the higher speed uh, shocks. Oh, like okay. To the, to the, the better the shocks work to dampen. Well, let me rephrase that. Higher speed like impacts oh, that it has okay. to like gotcha. absorb. Uh, so digressive is great because you get a lot of... Uh, a lot of shock control at lower speeds and that's where you're racing that's your body roll right you know that's very low speed and then it kind of tapers off so that way your hard shocks from like potholes aren't as stiff when you're moving at speed yeah because uh like i said it starts off like it ramps up really quick and then peters off that's digressive right. that way you're not destabilizing yourself if you hit a bump exactly uh, but the max speeding rods were like, they were progressive because there's <laughs> linear, which just is a, like a straight line. Right. But these ones actually at low speed, like your body roll stuff, they don't do shit. So you're going to get a ton of body roll out of these things. But then when you get up to like the high speed stuff, which is you're hitting a pothole. Right. The dampening rate was like way too high. So you're going to, it's going to bounce every time you hit a, a crack in the road. That's hilarious. So it's almost like they engineered it to be a bad coilover. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, I don't even know how they managed that, that honestly. That's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, if they did it on, if they did it by accident and it's just cheap materials, then it's like, wow. You, right. You just kind of stumbled into this horrible thing. What I really would have liked to see there is I would have liked to see them take four different max speeding rods dampers and see what each one is like because i guarantee they're all different yeah they're not going to be consistent no i think on that high low episode in donut when they did it on the z's the ebay coilovers weren't even the same length really like left and right they oh, had to God. use a tape measure and they're like oh these are different really yeah <laughs> jesus christ that's yeah that's ridiculous i'm pretty sure like max speeding rods and stuff like that those were super cheap ones i'm pretty sure they just put whatever like valve just whatever valve they have laying around. Like just, yeah, whatever's available. Yeah. So they don't give a shit about how they're valving their shocks. Yeah, no, not at all. So I got down a deep rabbit hole of valving shocks because I either have to replace the rear shocks on these BCs that I got for cheap because okay. they're leaking. Oh, on the extreme lows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I'm still sad I got the extreme lows, but it was too cheap to pass up. Yeah. Um, so I either need to replace the dampers or rebuild them. So I got down this really deep rabbit hole of like looking at Bilstein built uh, shock valves and stuff Ooh. to like adapt those to the BCs. That's interesting. It's like a digressive valve. Yeah. And like, because then, because then you're getting shit. like, I think Hamza bought the, the DRs. Yeah. Because they had that, yeah. that digressive valve. Right. 
So and this, this is just me going, ah, I'll just revalve them myself. Yeah, just make them yourself. And BC makes it easy to take apart, and they've got tutorials on their website. Chelsea Denofa does a lot of the tutorials. <laughs> oh, do they? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, BC is like not my favorite coilover manufacturer, but they it's nice because they use the same shock bodies as Fortune, as like it's a standard sized shock body. Yeah. You know, so you can get Bilstein uh, valves that will fit in those bodies and stuff like that. You know, it's standardized, so even if it's not made that great, at least you have standardized parts. And, you know, for the money, I, I love what you get out of a BC. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think, you know, as long as you turn the valving down, they they work really well. Yeah, I, I keep the ones on my 240 at medium Yeah, all around, and for drifting, that's been great. Um, sometimes I like to tighten up the fronts a little bit to give me more, okay. more steer in. Um, and if I tighten up the backs, I can get a little less oversteer. Yeah. Um, but I, I've really enjoyed them. I paid a thousand bucks for them and they've been on the car for like six, seven years. Yeah. Um, and would I have enjoyed getting a set of like TNs or, yeah, right. Or, or Tains or Teens? I don't, so, there's, there's a lot of, uh, right. I think we talked about this before. Yeah. It stands for technical innovation. So, but it, then you got to say it with a Japanese accent. I don't know how to do that without being racist. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's Tain. You think it's Tain? I think it's Tain. Okay. I think. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, if any any uh, listener knows Japanese or has been to Japan and heard how they actually pronounce it, please let us know. Yeah. I'd be I'd love to know. From from what I've seen when we were at K series, we watched videos and and Tain or Teen USA had a different pronunciation than their Japanese website. Oh really? Yeah. Nobody knows how to say it. Not even yeah. the people that make them. But yeah, would I've loved to spend two thousand dollars on those and and get the VDFC program that automatically adjusts dampening? Hey, you got it. We were talking yeah. about that earlier. You couldn't remember what it was I called. I couldn't remember the acronym. But <laughs> I remember it. Um, yeah, that would have been awesome. But that's you know, a hundred and fifty percent more expensive than a BC. Right. I mean, even like Fortune coilovers were kind of cheap when they first started making them. They were like another BC. Yeah. Um, but their whole thing was like we buy the parts from China and we assemble them here. Uh, but slowly over the years, as they've gotten a better reputation and just, make, quite frankly, have made improvements to the coilovers, yeah. uh, they've gotten more expensive. So now you're talking like 1600 bucks. But they'll for, custom build you some. They will. Uh, there's actually, they're working on a set of their, was it their Juggernaut coilovers for the Fiesta ST right now with like the remote reservoir and shit. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I need them, but they're like $2,300. <laughs> I can't afford that. It was like, I could buy a car for that. Right? At least pre-COVID I could. I, uh, it's true. I was kind of looking today, and there's not there's not much out there. Yeah. It's getting a little better. It is getting a little better. Slowly. But I, I, not as, I was hoping that the chip shortage would just end, and then all of a sudden everything bottoms out again, and then there's a lot of buying opportunity. Yeah, but um, I'm thinking that it's just going to taper slowly, and we'll see it come in because that's and that's more advantageous for the car companies. They don't want to see these prices and these massive profits drop overnight. No, they really don't. Uh, yeah, I think we we might enter a realm of artificial scarcity for cars. Yeah, just like we've got with oil right now. Right, like they they kind of learn like, hey, we can make more money this way. Yeah, moving fewer units at this high markup, they've all posted record profits. Yeah. They're, they're taking the, the the Nintendo approach. Nintendo does this shit all the time with all their products. This is getting away from cars a lot. But, uh, for instance, when the... I guess it was the Wii was out, or the Wii U. 
But then the Switch. Anyways, yeah. they had their amiibos, their little, like, statues that you could, like... Oh, I remember those. Yeah, yeah. and you could put them on and get characters in, like, Smash Bros. Yeah, they had stuff. a little RF. There was a little RF card, basically, with a statue on it. Yeah. Uh, they purposely made very few of them, just so that way they would sell out. And, and like, the, there would be a hype for them. I'd and that way, every time they come out with a new one, there'd be a big rush for it. And they could charge more. You know what's funny is you can reprogram RF signals from stuff like that. Oh yeah, like um. Oh yeah. What's really funny is you can just go on eBay and order RF cards with the the picture of each character on it. Oh, that's hilarious! And it'll just do the same thing. Yeah, it does exactly the same thing. Because they, you know, the Disney World, they've got that Star Wars World now. Yeah. Where you can build your lightsaber. Yeah. And you pick a different color, color kyber crystal to get the blade, just like in the show. But I I saw this YouTube hack where this guy's like, and I got this RF programmer. <laughs> and he started playing around with different codes and he could just change the color of his lightsaber to even ones that weren't available and then disney sued him yeah, <laughs> yeah that video has probably been taken down yeah probably <laughs> disney's the most lit- litigious yeah honestly nintendo's there too yeah, yeah. Oh, they're terrible about it too nintendo's like oh you made a fan game about mario you're yeah. in jail now yeah they sued that guy who made pokemon uranium mm-hmm. and and I mean that was an awesome game, but I mean honestly, if you made because there's so many Pokemon ROM hacks out there now, yeah. If you make a ROM hack so good and Nintendo sues you, that's a badge of honor. It really is. There was also like a online Pokemon game, like a MMO, oh, massively that's multiplayer cool. one, and that was around for like a month and, and <laughs> was really good. Yeah, but yeah, that went away, and then Pokemon Go came out. So I mean, they're I like, we're... hey, we'll take that idea. Yeah, exactly. Fucking Nintendo um anyways that was a fucking tangent yeah uh let's talk about something else like nascar there we go back that's to a, cars that's a transition yeah just hard transition <laughs> nintendo nascar For, well pokemon to nascar <laughs> i can't think of really two opposite groups you know i would love to see a pokemon sponsored like a pokemon nascar oh i want to see like in japan where they do like the mascot dances oh that would be awesome i want to see that at a nascar race a dancing pikachu waving the checkered flag yes (laughs) if nascar doesn't do that f1 needs to do it when they're in japan at some point yes they do um and they said that they're trying to get into a younger audience right right yeah doing absurd shit like that is how you get people to pay attention well nascar is doing absurd shit and that's why i wanted to talk about it um if you don't watch NASCAR, don't follow them at all. You may not know that they did their the Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum, which sounds just like another fucking NASCAR name. Right. It has Bush Light in the name. Uh, no, this was a football field, American football, hand egg field. Hand egg field. <laughs> God, we're talking about football today. Um, this is a hand egg field that they transformed into a quarter mile paved oval track. And they did that transformation, by the way, in like three days. And this is insane. I mean... I mean, it's okay. They already had the stadium seating. Right. But the fact that they were able to just turn this into a track that fast. Right. Why aren't we, why don't we have more tracks? <laughs> why does it, why did it take two years for I-25 done to the Springs? Now that's valid. To, oh, by the way, they're quote unquote done. It is trash. I just drove it a couple weeks is ago. It? Yeah, it's terrible. Is the traffic still horrible? No, well, the traffic's better, but it was also like late on a Sunday. Okay. So, okay. It, I don't think traffic would have been bad anyways, but like just, it's just like C470. Like they got done and I was like, this road's done. Like this road's garbage. And you guys spent all this time. Right. There's big like seam cracks and shit. (laughs) Like, so we get that, but NASCAR gets a track in three days. In three days. Yeah. 
we like, clearly have the technology to pave better. We do. And well, I mean, this was Los Angeles, so I'm sure conditions were favorable the whole time. This is true. And also, this track had to hold up for one race. And then they're going <laughs> to tear it up anyways. So they were actually uh, talking before the race. They weren't sure how well the track would hold up. Like, is it going to tear up? You know, are we going to get big potholes in this track? Can you imagine being one of the drivers? Like, well, we don't know what's going to happen. Right. That's what they said. You go out there and you drive fast. I think it was, uh, was it Kyle Busch? I don't know. I don't know my uh, my NASCAR drivers much anymore. Um, I don't really blame you. Yeah. Well, it's been boring for a while. Um, now, this is the last year. Now, are they in the, the new car? They're in the new car, too. Okay. All right. So I was going to talk about that as well, because that's pretty much what he said. It was like, we have a new car, and this track is ridiculous, and nobody knows what's going to happen. <laughs> hey, that creates opportunity for uh, for other racers. Right? Yeah, you're not wrong. Like, that's how... Uh, that you know that's how you get that switch up that's why i'm excited about f1 this year because they're switching up the cars yeah you know so now the top dogs may not be the top dogs anymore yeah because they're they're increasing the wheel size right yeah they're going to 17s there and they went with you know same thing they did in nascar uh let's see there was a picture of one of the cars you know they have big like 17 inch center lock wheels now and that's neat and the suspension is more universal in the nascar yeah, the suspension is all changed up at this. They have a tra- six-speed transaxle now, so it's a Corvette transmission pretty much. Yeah, rear-mounted, better balance, and it's a symmetrical body. Yeah. So it doesn't have the aerodynamics pulling you into the turn anymore. This is true, yes. I forgot about that one. Um, but actually, at, at this race, they had a few uh, few cars go out with transmission failures. Okay, so they're they're still working out the bugs on There's the new still, transaxle. Still some teething issues. They were talking about how you know they has like a diff cooler basically back there. Okay. And uh, they were some of the teams were noting like the coolers might not be big enough, and it kind of seems like that might be the case. Yeah. I mean, especially at this track, like uh, it's such a small oval, you're pretty much always turning. Yeah, and I imagine yeah you're doing a crazy amount of shifting. I mean, and it's a six speed, so you're doing more shifting than last year too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they they could probably change out the gear ratio still. I would imagine. I don't know if he can or not. We we talked about this before. I gave over all the specs, but I don't remember that part. Yeah, that was that was a while ago now. It was really. Yeah. Uh, we've been doing this a while. I know. Feels good. Um. So I, I but I would imagine that they could change out the gear ratios to be super short. So they're probably like you know three four five four three three yeah. like just constantly shifting and plus you're always turning which means you always have a differential on those wheels so your lsd is just working its ass off constantly yeah and now now it's in you know part of your transmission housing right so yeah it seems like they were having some heat issues but overall the race went off without a hitch had a full crowd for the most part like this is a very full that crowd for nascar this is 70 percent of the of the ticket sales were new people yeah new fans new fans which is that's what they wanted right they wanted to draw a new crowd they're really trying hard with these the car changes with like trying crazy shit like last year they did the uh the dirt track where they filled the track with dirt it was a regular nascar oval they just they just put dirt on it they just put dirt on it (laughs) and you know now they're doing this crazy coliseum thing like they're really trying to get away from the old guard nascar fan yeah because quite frankly i think what started it was oh man don't remember his name this is gonna be bad i don't remember the 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 black nascar driver i actually don't know his name either yeah i'm aware of his existence 
Yeah. Because I, I mean, it's right here. Like, yeah. I know it, but uh, it's just my ADHD brain and names yeah. is terrible. I, I can name cars was, forever. Yeah. Yeah. I can I can name makes and models all day long, but yeah. ask me to remember to face her name. Right. <laughs> uh, but anyways, there was that controversy of the noose hanging in the, the garage. Yes. Yeah. You that know. happened a couple of years ago. That was And sad. then people flying the Confederate flags and just, I think the NASCAR people in general were just like, you know what? This is getting... This is getting out of hand. Like, I mean, it was wrecking their image. It really was. I mean, because that stuff was popular with their fans for a long time, but it's not cool anymore. Right. And there's there's people who will disagree about that, but... But quite frankly, sorry for those people, you're in the minority now. Exactly. And NASCAR has to appeal to the majority. Right. They need fans. They need money. They it, need eyeballs. It's the hand egg of racing in America. It is, yeah. And much like how F1 didn't have a grip here because it was like too obtuse and just didn't have the you know nobody really got it right you know you need to and then they brought the the netflix show in and it got people into f1 right like you need that audience the only reason we have two f1 grand prix now is because of the netflix show and because a bunch of people were like hey i'll watch this which you know i hope f1 subsidizes netflix this is another tangent but it's sad because they're losing a lot of ip but i still think that they have the best app and they've never tried to push ads on you True. Yeah. Uh, I'm just waiting for the time they try to push ads. Right. Like, I, I hope they never do because it's just like an integrity thing at this point. Right. Like, I want to keep my Netflix subscription because I want to support the way they do business. Yeah. Like, I have Hulu because I want to see stuff on it, but I don't like Hulu. Right. They're owned by Xfinity. I don't like their business oh, are model. they? Yeah. Oh, that explains a lot. Yeah. Although, Hulu's bringing back Futurama. Which, yeah, that is awesome. So, okay. You got me there. And the new Pam and Tommy thing is is interesting. Pam and Tommy. Yeah, they made a, a biopic about uh, the release of Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee's sex tape in the 90s. Oh, okay. Yeah, and Seth Rogen and Dan Offerman are in it. Of course they are. Yeah, I mean, it's it's honestly, they actually did a pretty good job. Sebastian Stan, the Winter Soldier, plays Tommy Lee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he oh kills God, it. Oh, God, that's fucking great. He kills it. They recreated oh his tattoos almost perfectly. Add that to the list of things to watch. Yeah, um, but yeah, that that's a it's a great show. Um, you know, it's it's it it, t- it takes a big swing. There's a lot of people who are probably gonna hate it. Yeah, because it it's a love it or hate it kind of thing. Okay, but um, yeah, I like that they're willing to take those risks. But I still don't like Hulu's business model. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean the fact that you have to pay for it, and then you get commercials as well. Right. You know, you got to pay extra to not get commercials. Right. Um. Which, kind of talking about this, like, with NASCAR and stuff, uh, I want to make this point, I'll kind of come circle back. Like, watching racing is such a weird thing to do in streaming these days. Like, there's no good way to stream races. Yeah, like, ESPN lets you stream F1 and the Porsche Cup. Yeah. But that's about it. Yeah, like, watching, like, NASCAR stuff is still... Like, I, I only really watched the highlights of this race because I couldn't really find the whole race anywhere. You couldn't find coverage of it. Yeah. I mean, maybe if I watched it live and paid for it or something, but I'm like, no, I, no. <laughs> I have so many things to watch things on. Team up with one of them. Right. I mean, I love that Formula Drift, you can watch it live. They live stream all their events on YouTube now. Right. Which is awesome because when I was younger, they're like, watch this in six months on ESPN 74. <laughs> right. Like, ESPN yeah. ate the Ocho. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I actually, I remember, I wrote down the date, and six months later, I found myself in the stands on oh, TV, nice. and I was like, okay, that's really cool, but why did I have to wait till the season was over to see the second event of the season on TV? Right. Racing has always been weird like that, though. Yeah. Like, and I feel like Motor Trend on Demand is kind of trying to bring a lot of that together. Um, like, they have some, like, WRC stuff and, like, Dakar and shit like that Oh, on that's there. cool. Yeah. And it's, like... Uh, it's it's in a timely manner that you can see it's, it. I think it's fairly timely. That's cool. Um, but anyways, to go back to NASCAR and like them losing fans, uh, the problem is they were kind of losing fans to begin with. Even the old guard was kind of getting tired of NASCAR. Um, and then the only people like sticking around were like the hardcore rednecks that started yeah. doing that shit. And then NASCAR's like, whoa, 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 we don't want that image. Right. So they started pushing that out. They banned Confederate flags. You know, they did a whole investigation into the Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace is his name? I'm pretty sure Bubba Wallace is his name. Bubba Wallace Jr., is it? Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, I got it. Woo. Thank you, Brain. Uh, <laughs> Just based on the name, I would have never imagined a black guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bubba Wallace, black dude. Right. Huh. Um, but anyway, so they started, like, kind of pushing out those people. Right. And, like, there was, like, of course, you know, they got angry. We can't have our Confederate flags. Right. So then NASCAR got themselves in a like a hard position because they're like all right not only is a lot of people bored with us right we're also pushing out our mega fans yeah so we need to bring in new people yeah so the fact that yes 70 percent of ticket sales for this was all new people i'm sure nascar is just thrilled with that and the stadium is packed i mean it's really cool to see that and hopefully they they solve the transactional problem Uh, i'm sure they will this is one of the first, this may have been the first uh, race of the year with these cars. And that is really neat. Right? Yeah. No. Ice Cube performed at half, or I don't want to say halftime. Uh, when the, did they, b- when before did they the, have concerts? Is it before the I think it's before the race. It'd be cool if it was during the race. Yeah, like Grid Life. Yeah, like Grid Life. Watching Young Gravy perform while cars drifted around him while lasers shine through the smoke. Right. That was amazing. It was like, what is happening? This is amazing. For the ADD brain, it's like, what do I want to watch? Yeah. All of it. <laughs> yeah. All at the same time. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yep. So, yeah, like, of course, this isn't going to be a normal thing. This is a kind of a stunt, if you will. Yeah. You know? This clash stuff that they do. The the dirt track thing was a clash as well. Okay. Um, but the it gets getting my attention. I watched the dirt race, I watched this, you know. And eventually I might actually just start watching NASCAR or at least have it on in the background. And I I mean if they keep doing stuff like this, I mean if they're willing to turn football stadiums into tracks for a weekend, I mean, they could do this anywhere. Right? And yeah. they could sell tickets anywhere. And and they're adding more uh, road courses this year, so Sorry, I'll, I'll watch sand rights. Yeah, so yeah. I'll watch that because I like that. Yeah. So hey, NASCAR, you're doing a damn good job. Yeah, I I like what they're doing. I'm, I was happy with the changes to the new car. Um, I'm sure a lot of NASCAR fans weren't. Um, I remember talking to NASCAR fans about the car of tomorrow though, and them being mad about that. Oh right. And I think there were tons of people that were mad, like on the Facebooks, about this car too. You yeah. Know? But hey. Technology advances, man. Yeah. We have 3D printers now. Plus, most of those people would buy Corvettes. Very true. <laughs> but they no, they would not buy the new Corvette. That's the new, the new Corvette is not for those people. That's true. They'd, they'd buy a C7. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, all right. We need to enter the lightning round. Lightning round? Lightning round time uh, because we're running a little long on time and we still have a few things to talk about. So real quick, this is more just a lull than anything. The Subaru 
WRX 2022 edition is about as fuel efficient as a Ford F-150. So it's ugly and it's inefficient. Yes. Good job, Subaru. Yeah, way to go. At you least actually, it drives well. Right? Yeah. I mean, the mm, I don't want to say the style is growing on me because it's not. No. I mean, it, that it's one's, almost there. That one's red. The red one looks better than the orange one, I, right. I think. But I, I think, and but not everybody's going to buy the red one. True. Red can pull off stupid plastic fenders. <laughs> I wonder if the blue will pull it off too. I hope so because that they they have to be able to do it with with the rally blue, right? Uh, but the question is, why would you buy this car if it's that it it's ugly? It's not that powerful in the grand scheme of things of of sedans these days. That's true. There's a lot of the the power. You know, the WRX used to be a really fast sedan. Yeah, and now sedans are just getting more and more powerful. Right, and um, they still have to keep it under the STI. True. And it gets bad gas mileage. Yeah. So I'm just, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if this one's going to be a, a hit or not. I mean, I, I don't want the WRX to die. No, neither like, do I. Even if it looks like this and, and gets, you know, 18 miles to the gallon. Right. I, 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 don't, I want it to stick around because I have hope that there could be a better one. Sorry, let me say the, the actual specs here. Um, so it's rated at 19 city... 25 highway, 21 combined. Man, and that's, you know, those are the conservative numbers. Oh, sorry, that's with the CVT. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the manual is going to be even worse. No, the manual actually gets a little better. 19, 26, 22. Then what's the point of the CVT? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, the whole point of the CVT is to boost fuel economy numbers. Right. Like, the whole reason you put up with that that technology is because it makes the EPA happy. Right. Yeah, I don't get it. And then, a, yeah, a Ford F-150, just to put it into perspective, is 19, 24, 21. So. And if you have a heavy foot, so the mileage is, like, close to 10. Yeah. I mean, I just, Subaru, what the fuck are you doing? At least the new BRZ is cool. Yeah, this is true. All right, this is lightning round. Moving on. We have another auction watch. Auction watch. Okay, I had, to, I had to leave time in there for my little sound effect. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a weird one. I didn't know this existed. Uh, Carroll Shelby built Toyota 2000 GT race cars. And he built this one, which was the first one off the line, right? Yeah, Toyota gave him the first 2000 GT production car and told him to turn it into a sports car or to a race car for SCCA. And now it is being auctioned off. Dude, this thing is gorgeous. And I bet this is going to fetch $2 million. Yeah, probably easily. Because this is there's fewer of these than there are actual Shelby Cobras. Yeah, way less. So, so I think they only made I think there was 3 they said they built. Wow. Yeah. And and there were there weren't a lot of 2000 GTs, period. No. Yeah, this raced in C production category and uh I think part of the reason I never knew this car existed is cuz it, it didn't do well. Oh, okay. It actually okay. was a kind of a flop as far as uh, winning goes. But, yeah, this car itself is the first 2000 GT tuned by Carol Shelby. Yeah, this, it's got to go for a lot of money. Yeah, this thing this thing is going to fetch a lot of money. I'd be surprised if it didn't hit $2 million. Yeah, that's just so much heritage. It is weird, but also really fitting to see Shelby-style wheels on a 2000 GT. Yeah, because it, it, it's shocking, but it fits the car. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. You get co- like Cobra-style wheels, I should say. Those cla- those body lines are just absolutely gorgeous. The 2000 GT was so pretty. Right. It is one of the best-looking cars of all time. Yeah. 
And I don't give a shit if Clarkson says it's a copy of a Jaguar. Oh, does he claim it copied the E-Type? Yeah. He he claims this and the Z copied the E-Type. He does love to shit on the Z. I mean, he just loves British cars. He does. That that if that man was American, he would <laughs> he'd be hamming. But <laughs> that's, not, that's true. Oh God! All right, moving on to a new segment: uh, events. Events. I don't know what sound effect am I gonna do for events. Uh, maybe just like a drive-by of an engine winding out. Sure, that'll work. Yeah. Just yeah, like that. There we go. <laughs> um, so a couple events coming up here this year. If you're in Colorado, we have the Rocky Mountain Rambler, which is like the Gambler 500, but it's kind of an off-brand version of it that we do here. Um, we also have the Gambler 500, but shit, I don't give a shit. Make more of these. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes, all of them. Um, yep, Rocky Mountain Rambler 500. We had the Rocky Mountain Rambler guys on the podcast really early on in the days of when I first started this, before you were on the show. Uh, I think that was episode five or six? So go back and listen to that to, if you want to learn everything there is to know about what this event is. Brief summary, cheap-ass cars that shouldn't go off-roading, going off-roading. That's pretty cool. That's I mean, honestly, these don't look too uh, out of their element in this photo. No, shit. That's like a Suzuki or a little, like, uh, what do you call those? Like a tracker kind of thing. Yeah. Like a Suburban. But I've definitely seen limos and, awesome. like... Uh, what was there was one uh, Ford Taurus wagon awesome you know I'd love to see like a LeBaron convertible <laughs> right <laughs> so that's kind of the point is just I mean the point is just to go have fun yeah uh, but that is September 16th through the 18th of this year 2022 year of our lord yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> I've been watching uh, listening yeah, to, listen a to a lot of dollar a lot of dollar <laughs> I'm get, getting my uh, Dave Anthony on um that's a great podcast if you don't know. It is. Yeah. It is. I'm listening to the Satchel Page episode right oh, now. Oh, it's very good. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fucking good one. Um, but yeah, that is a great, that's a great easy way to do a car thing without spending a bunch of money because the whole goal is like $500 cars, which is impossible to find right now. Yeah, that's, that is impossible so, right now. Luckily, I, I know they're going to be lenient on those rules, but, uh, yeah, that's that's always a fun thing to do. Uh, if you want to spend a little bit more money and off-roading isn't your thing, the registration is now open for the Grassroots Motorsports $2,000 Challenge. We've talked about that on the show a little bit before. Yeah, this is the the one the guy made that uh, miniature C4 Corvette. Yeah. Out of a Crown Vic, right? Yeah, Crown Vic and an old Bradley GT like kit car thing. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, that's not until... Oh, shit. October 22nd and 23rd in Gainesville, Florida. So you have plenty of time, but registration is open if you want to just, like, just put your money down now and start building your car. Yeah. You know, just put your money down and be like, all right, I'm doing this. <laughs> a shame that's all the way in Florida. Right? It is quite a drive. Yeah. So, but I do eventually want to compete in that. Yeah. I've been following be this since, well, the year 2000 when they started this damn thing. And it's always in Gainesville? Uh, yes, okay. that, that's where Grassroots Motorsports is located. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, I've always wanted to enter this and eventually we are definitely going to do that. Uh, there's just, there's a lot of things. Yes. There's just a lot of events. If like only, just for, if only we could just do this professionally and just go to events. Right. That'd be so great. Yeah. I just want to, I just want to race all the time. Yep. That's it. Right. 
I can measure my happiness in destroyed tires. <laughs> yeah, you're more of a drifting guy, but I mean, I guess racing destroys tires too. But it does. I, Just I, a little I, bit slower. A little, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, all right, that's the end of the lightning round. We made it through everything. All right, we did it. We got the whole docket. We did. And we're almost oof, we're almost at two hours. All right. So I think it is time for us to wrap before all of our audience leaves in a rage. Like, <laughs> it's like I'm not I'm not listening to this for twelve hours. <laughs> twelve well, hour podcast, right? Uh, but if for some reason you can't get enough of us, you can always follow us on Instagram and Facebook at religionspeed.co. Uh, you can check out everything religionspeed related at religionspeed.com. And that only leaves really one last thing. We'd like to thank the band Wheels for the use of our theme song, Colors, off the album Traveler Part 1. You can hear them at wheelstheband at bandcamp.com. Boom, we got it. Chris, thanks again for stopping by and doing the podcast. Always a pleasure, man. And until next time, peace. Peace.